Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It is the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, just listening, just being here, being a good, true pal, a good friend of the show. This is the podcast where I, Jeff Vance, talk unfiltered, uncensored. It is free for everybody still to this point, and hopefully we'll be in the long, long time future. But thank you for listening in, everybody. By the way, if you're just stumbling upon, maybe you searched a keyword or some stuff like that, my name is Jeff Vance. Uh, you will find me over at Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I host a show called Elite Sports, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Also, Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show. That's Sundays during the NFL regular season with Bob Harris. I am part owner and chief content officer over at FantasyGuru.com. 2023 Fantasy Football Draft Guide. On sale now. Still got the early bird pricing, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Follow me on social media if you so choose, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. So this episode, number 164, what are we going to do? You know, I'm always searching for ideas. So hit me up on social media, media if you have something you would like me to dive into. Here is one of the biggest problems I personally have right now at this time of year. It is, and it, I, it, I run into it on my radio show all the time. I just have too much to say. I really do. And it's one of the reasons, there are m- multiple reasons, I don't have many guests on a radio show anymore. It's only two hours. We used to do three. We used to do four hours. Now it's only two. It's, the show hasn't been cut back. They just... Only do two hour shows now. And I've I am like at this this stage right now where I have so much information, so much content that I honestly can't keep it pointed in the right direction. I'm all over the place. Everything you bring up, I'm at the point where I'm on a phone call with our staff. I'm on a phone call with friends. My nephew, who was in visiting from out of state, from Chicago, uh, a couple a, a week ago, like I every t- everything that gets brought up, anybody's talking sports, it reminds me of something that I'm doing for FantasyGuru.com right now, and I, it just blurts out, and I'm sort of scattered. So what I'm going to do today is I've I've got a plan. I have been talking about my coaching breakdowns for a while i've done these things for 18 years now now they used to be pathetic looking back you get embarrassed right the first wave of it it's like oh wow those are pathetic the last 10 years i've done really good work with the coaching breakdowns breaking down every single team the systems the schemes the blocking the coverages the blitzing the personnel groupings the tendencies the fantasy history Right, all of that kind of stuff. I've done a good job. This is, I believe, it's the best content that's produced out there. And yeah, I'm partial to it, just saying that. But I'm not afraid to say other content I produce isn't good. 
and it's not, you know, it's, it's for a different crowd or something, but the coaching breakdowns are different. I have an understanding of what every single team in the league can do, wants to do, will do, will try to do, can stop, can't stop on the defensive side. I know all that information. So here's what I'll do today. Since I just can never, I know a lot of you probably listen to the Sirius XM show who listen to the podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. I know there are fantasyguru.com members here that can ask me these questions in our Discord 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But in order to, to sort of launch this coaching breakdowns in 2023, that they are live on the site fantasyguru.com right now, um, I'm going to go through every team. I've never actually done it this way because it's so much, but I'm going to limit myself. One tidbit per team, and I'll try to be quick. I'm trying not to make this a 90-minute episode. If it happens to be, then it happens to be. I'm not, I don't want to short anybody. You always could speed up the show on most apps these days, just speed it up to one and a half times or two times even. Right. So I'll try not to take up a lot of your time. I understand you guys don't want to sit around for two, three hours. Let's let me bark about every single schematic issue in and across the National Football League. But that's what we're going to do today. I've got some news that I want to talk about here as well. I do want to remind everybody that our draft guide is available, fantasyguru.com. Remember, it is not just a draft guide, it's not like a magazine, it's always updated and it's always expanding, it's getting bigger by the day rankings you got ppr non-ppr rookie rankings idp two quarterbacks superflex top 200 dynasty rankings best ball rankings projections for all of those kickers and defenses all together flex projections in there bold predictions we've got player outlooks we wrote up every single player quarterback running back receiver and tight end i should say player profile for every single player a best ball guide to winning best ball leagues. Tyler Beaker doing the bulk of that work. Armando Marsal as well doing work. I mean, there's that's like 11 part guide within the guide. Our guide to winning dynasty leagues. Russell Clay didn't do in the bulk of the work there. He knows about the 2024 rookies already, folks. They're not even there. They haven't even played 23 three season yet. He knows about the Drake Mays and Caleb Williams. He knows it. Marvin Harrison Jr. That's another 10 piece guide inside the guide draft strategies you want to know about how to draft how to draft elite quarterbacks robust running backs late round quarterbacks zero rb modified zero rb elite tight end all those draft strategies we got the dependency chart by our guy rich Mileto. fantasy football scoring dependency idp leagues by our guy phil backert mock drafts off-season report Players to change team. Aaron Rodgers, I'm looking at you. The red zone breakdown by the great Armando Marsal. Fantasy football by the numbers. An incredible piece by Ray Flowers every single year. Currently live at fantasyguru.com. Offensive line breakdowns, coaching breakdowns. I know other sites claim to do this. They don't do it like we do it. Right? They The problem with content these days are everybody wants to... Sh- they want to do as little as possible. They want to check. A, and by the way, it's uncensored. Get the kids out of the car, sensitive ears, put your earbuds in. 
They want to cut fucking corners, man. It's all they fucking do is cut corners. I get, listen, behind closed doors, I get on our staff from time to time. Come on, man. What kind of article is this? Where's the beef? I'm like the old lady in the Wendy's commercial from the 80s. I, I yell at myself. Don't short. I reread. I've already reread some coaching breakdowns. Come, come on, man. Could tell those were at four in the morning when I was uh, doing you know a couple of those write-ups. Expanded on it. But the offensive line breakdowns, Ted Schuster, Armando Marsal, these guys talk about the coaching. They talk about what scheme they're running. Outside zone, inside zone, power, gap, counter, trap. They talk about every position. They don't just say, oh, there's a good offensive line. There's a good offensive line, it's a bad offensive line. No. Every spot, left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle, backup. Who is the first, who's the sixth man on the offensive line? Very important. Who's the swing guard? Who's the swing tackle? Who's the backups? Who's the backup left tackle? The blind side QB or tackle goes down. Can they play? What are their ratings? What does PFF say? What does football outsiders say? What does Jeff Mann's smash report say? We write up the entire offense line. Talk about depth. We grade them. We rank them. We go all the fucking way with it. Coaching breakdowns that, that I'm going to talk about today. I know that other people, oh, the play callers. Oh, you got a play caller. Play caller has called the pass this many times, and this play caller has this much personnel grouping. That doesn't mean anything. Also, play caller is what? Because Andy reads the play caller. Matt Nagy will call plays, but Andy reads the play caller. What? How is that possible? Exactly. Exactly. Because he'll take it away at an instant. Several head coaches have override authority. They're listening in and will override. Happens all the time. How's that accounted for in any of these breakdowns? How's the pace of play? How is the volume rushing, receiving, passing, running, RPOs, play action? What's the percentage there? How often are they playing in shotgun? What formations are these teams using? Right? What what um, personnel groupings? Three wide receivers, two tight ends. What What's the personnel grouping most often used? What's the second most used one? Right? Yeah. What's the balance? What's the play calling within that? The shit matters. I mean, it really freaking matters. Defensively, how are you going to make projections? How are you going to do rankings? How are you going to be a fantasy analyst? And you don't know what the offensive scheme, what the offense is, what the defense is, and how the fuck you match those two up. How do you know? This is our job. The It's the entire job. Anybody listening could say, I think the Cardinals are bad. I think the Chiefs are good. You know, it's all going to work out. Mahomes, good. Colt McCoy, bad. Okay. Awesome. Why? The why matters. Right? And when you hit the higher levels... And maybe it doesn't. Maybe some of you are just the casual. And that's fine. I don't play. I'm not talking. I'm not trying to speak over your heads. All right. I'm not trying to do that. 
I don't want to do that. I want you to win. If you're happy winning or just competing or having fun, that's cool. But my job, I feel, is to provide you with the edges. Because otherwise, quite frankly, why the fuck am I doing this? I could retire. I could sit back, enjoy the holiday. I don't have to do anything. I could enjoy the football games. I don't need any of this shit, quite frankly. I mean, sorry, but 18 years in the business, I just sold my second, third business, technically. I don't need to do this shit. But I fucking love it. Oh, boy, do I love it. I bitch a lot. I do, especially around my house. I've been a little bit better this year in public, but around my house, I'm a bitch. Oh, Jeff, you're so bad. I've been complaining about these coaching breakdowns like this, like I'm climbing Mount Everest. I know I'm a whiner, but I really do fucking love it. I love sitting in this chair, talking to you, being able to unveil all this information that I know nobody else will provide to anybody. Oh, fuck. It gets me there, man. Fucking gets me there. I love it. So that's what I'm doing today. I think we need to raise the bar. We need to hit the highest level because I'm not going to speak over anybody's head. I don't believe. Even casual players will get something out of this. But if you're in the sharpest of sharp, and by the way, I've never heard of a human being. You could win a million dollars a week. You could win $3 million on underdog. You could win $300,000, much better odds to do so on drafters.com, which by the way, if you're an elite mafia member, if you're on fantasyguru.com, part of our membership, go to Discord, go into the man's cave, and look at my pinned message. Every membership this year, it's what we do at Fantasy Guru. Everything we do, you get a free ticket into the drafter's best ball just by signing up for Fantasy Guru. So if you buy our $50 package even, I recommend the $99 one or higher, and not just because it's more money, but you get more. You get training camp ticket. You get uh, entry into the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship League. The grand prize this year is going to be massive. Motherfucking massive. I can't tell you what it is yet. We haven't signed the legal documents, but it's going to be big. It's it, Put it this way. The prize of the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship is something you would spend $100 for a lottery ticket to. You would buy a, tic- a $100 ticket for a chance to win this prize. That alone, fuck everything else. That's what we're offering. Free entry to a $2 million contest on drafters.com. That's pretty fucking amazing. Everybody. And by the way, if you've played on drafters before, there's a reload bonus. 100%. That never happens. It never happens. You don't get a reload bonus. On a fucking, you know, once that's the whole point of what they do. They try to get new customers, but drafters is cool like that. So you get a free entry. If you redeposit, it's $20. But there's life-changing money. And in order to win life-changing money, you have to be a redonkulously lucky prick, which I don't think any of us are. At least I'm not. Maybe you are. Or you have to be really fucking good. Or just have one really fucking good year. And that's what we'll go for. Fuck it. I'm not going to judge anybody. What I want from you is have one really good year. Let's make this year magic. 
All right. So there we go. Um, fantasyguru.com. That's the place to be. That's what I'm getting at. PPR running back myth, the manifesto, my draft plan, the bye week quarterback chart, running back grid, wide receiver cornerback matchups, IDP, two QB super flex chart, auction budget cheat sheet. Man, we have got everything 24 7 support, 24 7 service. The My Guru tool, import your league and let everything just sync up. Man, every, we got it all. And it's a full season product. Elite seasonal or higher. It's a $99 package. Their promo codes out there. Radio 20 is one of them. Get $20 off right off the top. You get the whole season. You get the draft guide full. You get the free drafters ticket for 20 bucks right there. Another 20. You get a, a ticket to the fantasy football training camp, August 18th, all day event. You can watch the videos all season long. You go back and rewatch a million times. You get an entry to the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship. You get these coaching breakdowns that I poured my heart and soul into. Rankings for every single week. You get the postseason, postseason league setup, postseason rankings, postseason strategy advice, access to our team, all postseason. $99 package gets you the offseason, free agency, free agent rankings, free agent tra tracker. NFL player profiles, the NFL draft player profiles, full NFL draft coverage, XFL coverage, full XFL, full USFL, full Canadian Football League, CFL. Our guy Jorge Pucks doing the work there. All of that, you get everything in that $99 package. Strongly recommend. Understand money's tight, totally get it. This year, we're not, you get the 30 fantasy football strategy podcast. We are not shortchanging anybody. It's going to be a monster year. That's the investment we need, though. Elite seasonal or higher. If you just want the draft guide, fine. Get over there and check it out. All right. Fuck. Enough of me talking and promoting and shit. Let's, let's dive in. Uh, where do we start? You know what? I'll go, uh, I'll go alphabetical. Oh, I want to talk about that real quick. I wanted to get, uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, as of right now, I'm moving Kamara up. I don't think there's nearly as much of a chance of him being a full season suspension as there was before they lowered his crime to a misdemeanor. We're looking at six to eight games for Kamara. Strongly believe that now. Now we've got a better idea. He's moving up on my board, but I'm still don't think that he's completely out of the woods. It's still over half. He's going to be suspended at least half of the reg, the fantasy football regular season. So like, be careful with that. Cause I think people are start. I could tell people are acting as if like it's free and clear and he's fine. Not fine. Not good. Uh, still going to be suspended. So just, you know, I just be careful with all that is essentially what I'm saying. So um, let's go with the, let's go alphabetical. Why not? Let's, it'll be much easier and fun. And maybe I'll get a couple wrong, but I'll start with the Arizona Cardinals. They're in my backyard. Jonathan Gallen, Gallen, Gannon. She's Jeff. Drew Petzing, Nick Rallis. Those are your new coordinators. Uh Petzing will call the offensive plays. Gannon will leave him completely. He came from Cleveland. He was the defensive coordinator. West Coast offense, wide zone blocking. Okay. So I think actually when I did, if I'm not mistaken, 
on my Sirius XM show the other day, I talked about Arizona. I think I called them outside zone, whether it actually went wide zone. Those things bother me because Clayton Adams, he's a weird dude, man. He's actually a very effective coach, but he he accepted three different jobs this offseason and like then bowed out after either 24, between 24 hours to two weeks, he just decided to stop showing up and quit. Like, he's a weirdo. Um, oh, I was only going to tell you one thing about each team. What will I tell you? What is the takeaway from the Arizona Cardinals? Um, The running back. Going to be used heavily. Going to be used in the passing game. Quick West Coast offense. It's no more air raid. So going to be wide zone running, which James Conner was 82nd in the league in breakaway runs last year. This is going to help him tremendously. You will get breakaway runs. The wide zone concept allows you multiple cutback lanes as opposed to outside zone, inside zone. So now you got multiple cutback lanes. It's perfect for Connor. And he's going to get the ball in the passing game. So that's, to me, that's the biggest takeaway from the Arizona Cardinals. Boy, it's hard to do just one. Atlanta Falcons, where do we go? Um, Ryan Nielsen, new defensive coordinator for the Falcons. I'll try to make most of these about the offensive side of the ball, right? So... Um, what can we take away here? I think that second year in for Desmond Ritter, a real big thing. But they essentially, it's another wide zone concept that Dwayne Ledford, their offensive line coach, has. And, and it, it was, think about the numbers Tyler Algier put up there. Resigning Kayla McGarry, Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse is going a second round pick. Good offensive tackle, good chance that he plays at that left guard spot even possibly. They were talking about moving him in, which he would fit. I don't love making every tackle a guard. They're doing that with Skaronsky in Tennessee too, and it kind of bothers me. But it does do well. Between Jake Matthews, Bergeron, Lindstrom, and McGarry's offensive line is these straight up tits. It just is. It's a good one. And behind Bijan Robinson, it, it's going to be a hard core fucking run heavy game. Not a lot of innovation, lot, not a lot of tomfoolery. They're going to line up and smash mouth football you to death. For those that are interested in the defensive side of the ball and uh, what the Falcons are doing, I think that's pretty interesting concept there because um, – Ryan Nielsen takes over. Remember, this was Dean Pease that, that came over the last couple of years, heavily blitzed everybody. They're still going to play multi-front. It's going to be more of a 4-3, two-deep man coverage. So they're covered two in it, but they're, they're going to be in man coverage. And if you look at what Atlanta did, their additions, Jesse Bates at safety. They already had A.J. Terrell, uh, they, but they went out and got Jeff Okuda. They got Mike Hughes. For in the secondary, a lot of man coverage entities with a nice free safety and Jesse Bates from the Cincinnati Bengals. So they also got Trey Flowers. Huh? Flowers played with Bates in Cincinnati, also former Seahawk guy. Um, Flowers was a mess trying to cover the slot in Seattle. We used to target against him all of the time there. Uh, all right. One thing, Jeff, man. One, one 
bite. Everybody knows the rules, except I'll break the rules. Baltimore Ravens. Let's talk about the Ravens. Well, Greg Roman's out. Todd Monken is in. What do we need to know? What you need to know is the heavy run game, the effective run game. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards both average over five yards a carry their first year back from ACL and Greg Roman's offense last year. J.K. Dobbins is at almost six yards a carry for his career, first two years, and that's with an ACL tear. But the run game is gone. They went from the most extreme running, rushing play caller slash offensive coordinator in the league to perhaps one of the most pass happy. The everything you need, everything we need to know. Lamar Jackson, if you want to draft him, it comes down to one element. Can you do you trust him to throw outside the hash marks? Do you trust him to do that? If you do, then draft him. He should be a star. If you don't, I would fade him at his current ADP. That is the biggest takeaway that I have from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Buffalo Bills next up here. Uh, You know, what can you say about the Bills? It's pretty tried. It's pretty true. This offense, we know what we're going to get. I think I'll give you a bonus takeaway that, they do not have a defensive coordinator. Leslie Frazier retired. His desperation to play cover two zone really ultimately led to his demise, Leslie Frazier. And they'll never call it a firing, but uh, forced retirement, whatever. Sean McDermott's going to be the defensive play caller. So um, here's what to know about the Buffalo Bills this year is that Aaron Cromer is the offensive line coach here. They improved upon their rush attempts from a year ago. They did not have a dedicated run game outside of Josh Allen. You know, they mix and match with Singletary and James Cook. This year is going to be different with that. Expect the Bills to have more rush attempts than they had last year expect them to have more rushing yards than they had last year and expect it to be a lot more. They will feature a power runner. They went out and got Latavius Murray and Damian Harris, two power guys to compliment James cook. Also don't be surprised if Dalvin cook winds up in Buffalo. I said that like three podcasts ago, and this is a flirtation that I know exists Dalvin Cook is legitimately looking at Buffalo and Buffalo looking at him. But we'll see to play with his brother. They're going to run the ball more. That's what's going to happen in Buffalo. Carolina Panthers, boy, how do I keep this uh, to one thing? The biggest takeaway is that the entirety of the team, if you want to get an entire team better, Whatever job you have, all all of us, whatever, if I want to be better, have a better company, better teammates at work, the one thing you can do, the one thing the bosses could do is to go out and hire the best possible people to train them. The better the training, the better the people that you learn from, all of us learn from, 
the better we're ultimately going to be. I think we all believe in that. You're sports fans. You need to believe in that. That's I hope you believe in the coaching element of football. Well, in that regard, the Carolina Panthers did something that, to my knowledge, has only been done one other time. That was like the mid-2000s Washington, then Redskins, when they brought in when Joe Gibbs came out of retirement and they just hired real high. I think it was like Jim Hazlitt, Al Saunders. Like they went out and got just paid big money for coordinators. Well, the Carolina Panthers brought in the best running back coach in the league, Deuce Staley, the best wide receiver coach in the league in Sean Jefferson. They got Josh McCown, who's being groomed for a head coaching job. Houston Texans wanted him two years ago in the higher lovey. They're forced to hire lovey Smith because they were about to hire Josh McCown. He's the quarterback's coach. And James Campen, an offensive line coach who was there last year, but has had great success building offense lines, most notably in Green Bay. It's Green Bay's offense line coach for like a decade. James Campen, innovative, tried, true, battle-tested, was with the Chargers and, and groomed the Texans offensive line for a year or two. This that's how you get everybody better. All this talent on Carolina is going to be better because of how much better the coaching is. Ejiro Avero, who was the coordinator of the year last year for the Denver Broncos, everybody loved him. Was a hot head coaching candidate this offseason. Todd Walsh, who's been defensive coordinator for years. D'Angelo Hall, Dom Capers, all on the defensive side of things. Carolina has put together a very impressive coaching staff and how the, the the young players that I'm looking at are like Terrace Marshall, Miles Sanders, and of course, Bryce Young, their quarterback. The better you coach, the better these players are going to be or become Chicago bears. Well, listen, nothing changed with the bears from a coaching standpoint, but this is a team that, Dead last in the National Football League. Um, dead last in the fo- National Football League a year ago in pass attempts. This is a team that just basically re- relied on the legs of Justin Fields. They were dead last in passing yards, right? So one thing we'll know is that we're going to get the second level of Justin Fields this year, entering year three. They're going to throw the football. They are going to throw the football. And they've got a wealth of receiving talent to do it. TJ Moore is their West Coast offensive chain mover. He's going to be the guy underneath all the time. They're going to go up top to chase Claypool and deep down the field to Darnell Mooney. Use Cole Komet and those move tight ends to get behind the linebackers in front of the safeties. It's going to stun folks with how much they throw coming out of the gate, right? And maybe there's an element of surprise. The Bears have the makings of a potentially surprise team in the NFC. They're not a great team. They couldn't do dick in the AFC. But in a division like they're in, with a schedule like they have, this team's going to Darnell Wright and – uh, Nate Davis, they improved the entire right side of the line, but Justin Fields has a chance to be the QB one in fantasy football this year in this offense. So definitely worth the 
price tag that he's going for. Cincinnati Bengals, uh, what to know about them? They do everything right. They have the only coaching staff in the National Football League. Since I've been doing this in 2005, this is the only coaching staff I've ever seen stay together for five straight consecutive years. Every assistant is still there for five years. Think about what that does in developing talent. It's absolutely amazing that you're able to do that. I'm stunned that Brian Callen, who has been around a while, but Lou Anaramo, Anarumo, Anaramo? Yeah, Anarumo, whatever his name. He interviewed for the Cardinals job and some others this offseason. Stunned he hasn't been plucked. I really am. I'm stunned. Bengals are very conservative. That's a conservative offense, by the way. There's like, oh, the Bengals are high-flying. No, 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 no. No, they're, they are a slow offense. They're a plotting offense. They're a run-heavy offense. They just got a fucking dragon slayer like Joe Burrow, right? That's what they have. And the upgrade from Orlando Brown is tremendous. So I think it's just... I love what they're doing. I love the fact that um yeah that this this coaching staff has been together for all five years. It's just really amazing to see something like that. And Brian Callahan, by the way, their offensive coordinator, he his dad is Bill Callahan, longtime NFL coach. He gave Zach Taylor his only division one shot when he was at the University of Nebraska back in 04. So there's like a family thing there between the Callahan's and the Taylor's pretty cool. It's cool to see. It's good for Cincinnati. It's a good deal all around Cleveland Browns. Everybody. Uh, I am very excited about the Browns. I think they're going to be a tough out for teams in the AFC. This is the best offensive line there is, right? There's a very good offensive line. This is a very good running team. And now they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the national football league in Deshaun Watson. Right. So I think that, you know, ball placement, little things like ball placement, the ability to get outside of the pocket and run with the football, not Deshaun Watson's not going to be like a big run. He's not Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson, right? He's not like that or even Daniel Jones. But Deshaun Watson is his escapability and his. Very good out of play action, very good using P- RPO. And he once led the NFL in passing yards all in 2020 with the Houston Texans, his last full season. So, and then you go out and get Elijah Moore and Cedric Tillman. This is a bona fide offense. A full year in this system with Deshaun Watson is going to be great. And the other thing that I take away, Nick Chubb's going to catch more balls. Unless they were to bring back, bring in another running back. As it's currently constructed right now, mid-July, Nick Chubb's catching 40-plus passes, which puts him on an inside the top five RB trajectory this year. Cleveland Browns are legit. That's It's a legit contender, and it would be a shame if people started to overlook them or thought about overlooking them. Um, Dallas Cowboys, I've talked about this. The biggest takeaway from the Cowboys is – Four verticals, four vert. That's the new offense. They're going to run three 
or more deep routes on every single play. They're going to bust through cover three. When you have uh, teams like the 49ers play three deep safeties, or not safeties, but three deep zone, three players that are deep, usually two safeties in a corner, but it all depends. Somewhere when you, the only way to take advantage is to throw underneath and do a lot of dink and dunk and a lot, you know, it takes a lot more work to do that, or you have to bust through it. The way to bust through it is to have a immensely fast and talented downfield receiving core, such as CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks. That'll work. They also have a bunch of other speed options. See me Fioco and Jalen Tolbert. Like this is not a one-dimensional. They've got at, and Cavante Turpin, absolute burners. And that's what they're going to do. They are going to send their receivers deep on the reg. And they'll obviously going to throw a lot more underneath. It'll be good for running backs like Tony Pollard. You'll have your Jake Ferguson, Peyton Hendershot, Luke Schoonmaker. Somebody will be, you know, getting out, squeezing out underneath that they could pick up first downs, pick up chunk yardage. But they're going to live and they're going to die by the deep ball this year, the Dallas Cowboys. That's the design of this offense. That's what Brian Schottenheimer's doing. That's what the four verticals is all about. And that is what is going to happen. Also, a lot of three, four wide receiver sets. A lot less two running back sets for the Dallas Cowboys offense. Denver Broncos. Oh, Sean Payton. What is my takeaway there? Um, why would you ever limit me to just one? I did a whole podcast on this, as you know, binging the Broncos. Go back and listen to it. Um, what can I tell you that I haven't told you yet as far as takeaways from the Broncos? Mm, let's see. Um, did I talk about Zach Strife? Zach Strife, Strax Streif, I can't remember his name. He played right tackle for the Saints for like 11 years, right? Like an undrafted guy, got out of nowhere. He is the new offensive line coach here. And like the three years after becoming starter, starting right tackle, Sean Payton said he's the smartest player he has ever coached. And so Streif is going to be in charge of a very – talented suddenly very talented Denver Bronco offensive line. I think that is something Streif is a guy who he just gets it. He understands and to educate offensive linemen, I think is one of the biggest mistakes not doing that is one of the biggest mistakes that coaches make the smarter your offensive line is and knowing what the quarterback's trying to do. Like if I were, an NFL level coach, I would have all of my offensive linemen run through quarterback drills. I would, I wouldn't take reps away from the quarterback. I just want them to make the reads so that they know what the quarterback needs more in protection. Streif is that kind of guy. I wouldn't doubt if he did that. Actually, I have no proof that he does or will, but I wouldn't doubt. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Um, Detroit lions. Well, one of the only Earhart Perkins offenses that are left in the National Football League. It's actually a run first system. They use big the play action to go downfield quite a bit. 
that's the setup that they use. They use a lot of uh, two tight end sets as well. One of the more multiples, multiple running backs, multiple tight end sets in the league. So a lot less three wide receivers than you see or 11 personnel that we've seen in other places, right? So uh, here's something maybe you didn't know. Well, let's see. I mean, Jared Goff is not a sexy quarterback. Hendon Hooker was taken. I think he may be the quarterback of the future, but we can't just disregard Jared Goff, right? Here's something. Uh, The Lions had 21 intended receivers last year, 2022. Third most in NFL. And... The 5.8 intended intended receivers per game were the most of any quarterback in the National Football League. So Jerichoff spread it around very well. You know what I mean? And that's very, that's important, right? And that's something that Jerichoff brings to the table that's vital for this offense. Amon Ross St. Brown's the lead dog, throws the middle of the field a lot. But he's not afraid to dump it off to the wide receivers, not afraid to throw it to the tight ends. We've seen multiple tight ends, even after Hawkinson left last year, make an impact. So, and then, yeah. All right. I just, I said one. Damn it. I have more to say in the Detroit Lions. Get the guide. Draft guide. Fantasyguru.com. That's the place to go. Get the freaking guide. Green Bay Packers. Well, we know everything about them, except we don't know anything about them. Every single thing is the same, except Aaron Rodgers, the person that controlled all the strings offensively is gone. This is craziness because Aaron Rodgers would legitimately disregard his coach when it came to play calling. Just disregard it. You wonder why they want him out? They wanted him out? That's it. That's it. They they didn't know what the fuck he's doing. And when it's all going well, it looks great. When it doesn't, like last year, it looks like shit. So um, the biggest takeaway here is that the Packers receivers for the first time in over a decade, they're not going to use the read and react routes any longer. This is a design. These are now designed plays that they want. They will run as scripted. You know, so what they used to do is if the coverage shows X, the route goes to Z. The coverage shows W, the route goes to Y, so on and so forth. Aaron Rodgers was an authoritarian when it came to what the receivers were supposed to do in certain coverages. And it was up to the receivers to read it and to get to the spot in the field where Rodgers wanted to deliver the ball. It's great when it works well. And it has looked great in Green Bay for a while. When you have a Devontae Adams type, it's amazing. But this they don't have that receiving core here anymore. So now it's going to be a lot more by the book. And we haven't really seen that out of Matt LaFleur's offense. Right? We haven't seen how it's going to go. I'm optimistic. I've always liked Jordan Love. But I think also Romeo Dubs is the number one receiver in Green Bay. For what it's worth. All right. Got to move on. Houston Texans. What do What's my one takeaway from the Houston Texans? Um, one takeaway. Running back again. I'll go back to it. Damian Pierce. They're going to they're gonna rely heavily on the running backs. Heavily, heavily, heavily. 
Uh, no, you know what? Fuck, I talk about Damian Pierce too much. Dalton Schultz, that'll be my, that's my go-to. All right, I gave you two on the Texans. See, I told you, I have too much information. That's why you need to pepper me with questions too, by the way, because I got, I fucking, I know this shit. Studied it. Like, I have studied, I've had three computers or three screens in my face for two and a half months. Before that, for the two months previous to that, I had every number from every team over the last since the year 2000, putting them into spreadsheets, into tables and data tables. So Dalton Schultz. So remember what George Kittle broke out? It was Nick Mullins. It was Brock Purdy. His best stretches of his career. That's because inexperienced quarterbacks rely on the tight end in this system. Bobby Slokes, the offense coordinator, he's from he's been with Kyle Shannon a long time, and he was the pass game coordinator in San Francisco last year. They have a rookie quarterback in CJ Stroud. They're going to do the tight end drag routes. These routes, well, in West Coast offense, you get a lot of movement, but you get a couple guys going deep on every play when and then the tight end just mirrors everything that the quarterback does to make sure he's in his line of sight. As soon as he's got daylight, you hit him on the drag route and those go for some big gains. That's why Dalton Schultz is here. That's why he's here. He should be a top 10 fantasy tight end this season. Boom. Indianapolis Colts. Shit. I'm not even halfway through. Um, Takeaway from Shane Steicher. They are, it's the exact offense that they're running in Philadelphia. The problem is they don't have Philadelphia's offensive line. Specifically, they are trying to run inside zone blocking here, but they're going to try to use inside zone and power blocking. You can do that when you're the Philadelphia Eagles and these guys, Lane Johnson and Kelsey and all them, they're just amazing. You can't do it when all you have is Quentin Nelson. That's going to be a problem. Okay, so and the other problem is what the Eagles do is everything is game by on a game by game basis. You don't have that kind of experience. Anthony Richardson, not that Jalen Hurts was an experienced quarterback, but Jalen Hurts and he gets such a bit bum rap coming into the league. Richardson isn't even on the spectrum that Hurts is as a passer, as an athlete, as a runner. Absolutely. So that's what they're going to do in Indianapolis. I think it's still going to be a lot of John the Taylor, but they're going to throw the ball deep an absolute ton. Jacksonville Jaguars, well, the Jaguars, for a change, held it all together. They were the laughing stock of the coaching universe a year ago, and it all kind of worked out for them last year. Ran a lot of RPOs, a lot of out of the shotgun as well, right? So I think that the biggest problem I have was the lack of passes to Travis Etienne. You know, it was a very, I expected a lot, especially after James Robinson left. So Doug Peterson hasn't had many high volume pass catchers at the running back position. And we thought that it would be because Lawrence and Etienne in college, but that shows you 45 targets, 35 receptions. It's got to go up. It can't really go down, can it? But maybe it can Worries me. I'm worried about ETN. I don't mind Travis ETN at all, but when you start talking about, you know, they went out and got their, um, between the tackles running back, 
this off season in tank Bigsby. And then you also aren't going to throw to him nearly as much. That's a concern. And that's a concern for me about this Jaguars offense, Kansas city chiefs, Eric B out, Matt Nagy's in. It doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes makes everybody look like a genius. Andy Reid makes everybody look like a genius. So I think all that is just incredible, right? It's wild. By the way, did you know, here's something from the coaching breakdowns. I guess I won't talk schematics. This is a um, Kansas City Chiefs through to the outsides 80% of the time. Do you realize that? 80% to the out, outside the hash marks. But yeah, Travis Kelsey is a 23.1% target share, and he's the entirety of the inside passing game. And he's still putting up that. It's because they commit to it. It's because Andy Reid understands defenses have to play honest. And when they cheat, they fucking hammer them. And Mahomes is capable of it. So I think that's a great takeaway. We we know everything about the Chiefs at this point, don't we? But I also predicted it would be B enemies last season, last year, and uh, indeed it was. So there you go. Um, Kansas City, Las Vegas, the Raiders. What do I, I mean, Raiders, all the same coaches, but man, Devontae Adams not happy. New quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, hopefully, right? It's kind of a mixed bag here with the Raiders. You know, I don't feel good about them as a spread offense team. I misdiagnosed that last year, by the way. Not a spread team. Earhart Perkins, one of few in the league still. I think the the biggest takeaway that we have here is that um I, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of the quarterback situation. Josh Jacobs, Jacobs will not uh, hold out, right? So I think that it's one of the things, the biggest change from last year. Why did Josh Jacobs break out last year? Um, p- change in power gap runs. Change in power gap. They, they ran a lot of outside zone with Gruden and um uh, Scamia, the guy, the special teams coach that uh, last year with Jacobs. So when Mac- McDaniels came in, one of the things he realized is like, all right, Josh Jacobs doesn't quite have the speed to get to the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle. So let's run some more power. And it was immediate payoffs over a yard per carry better on the ground. All right. They also, one of the other things with the power gap runs is they use a lead blocker. A lot of times. All right. And you see this whenever teams do that it used to be the traditional fullback, which by the way, they still use Jacob Johnson guy from new England. Uh, he was in there. He blocked a lot, but they also use their tight ends into block too. So just something to know when you're talking about Michael Mayer, Austin Hoopa, Mayer's a good blocker. Notre Dame, pretty damn good blocker. Couldn't be lead block for Josh Jacobs quite a bit this year. I'm guessing. When he's on the field, uh, the chargers, they're going to go deep. You can forget about the checkdowns with Kellen Moore. We're going to air it out. Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston, 
Quentin Johnson's the Mike Williams handcuff essentially. And we, we're not going to see the level of receptions to Austin Eckler that we have in the past. Just not something that's going to happen. Um, Joe Lombardi averaged seven receptions, nine targets to running backs. Kellen Moore's offense in four years as a play caller averages six targets and four receptions. Dramatic decrease for Eckler in the receiving department. L.A. Rams. Uh, man, where do I start with these fuckers? Sean McVay, I thought for sure he was done. For sure. Sold out the whole fucking team last year. So I find that to be strange, right? I, I found it was weird that he did that. Um, how about this Jimmy Lake? I don't know if who knows that. Here's the Rams tidbit. The Rams are the Rams. I mean, we know what Sean McVay is. Outside zone runs. Don't think it's going to be Cam Akers. But Jimmy Lake is a new offensive assistant here for the LA Rams. And this is a guy, he's the assistant head coach. He was the head coach at Washington, University of Washington. He hit one of his fucking players. Like he got fired for hitting a player, right? Like, well, on during a game, by the way. And he's your new assistant coach. So I don't know. And like Lake is a guy who is a defensive-minded coach. So that puts Raheem Morris, I think, on notice. Kind of like the Kellen Moore, Brian Schottenheimer thing last year in Dallas. Although, who knows? I doubt McVay's around for another year. I really do. Miami, oh, boy. Miami had the best hire of any. They got Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator. I know. I could talk all day about McDaniel and wide zone running and all that. Vic Fangio's the motherfucking man. All right, let me talk about six to one tilt. The best thing, I just talked Vic, uh, Sean McVay. It's funny. Every time I talk McVay, I could talk Fangio. Um, basically, Vic Fangio came up with the outside zone stopper for that running game for the McVay, even Shanahan, you could call it stopper, which is the most important run game there is. It's called six, one tilt. Basically it's a goal line defense. Think about what you do in Madden, right? When you know your opponent's running, you're in, you're playing Matt, you're fucking, you're just lining up and goal line. Fuck it. I force you to do something else. If they're running all over you and that set up, there's six defenders all in the box and it makes the offensive line. near. It's impossible. The number you can't, the offensive line cannot control the gaps while in a zone blocking mentality. Power and gap runs can't, but when you're zoned and you're moving laterally, you can't control the gaps when there's six men on the one on the line of scrimmage or quote unquote in the box, right? And he fills all of the running backs cutback lanes and it just stops them right there. So that's another thing that Fangio does. He doesn't blitz. Very, very rarely. But he shows pressure coming and then drops most people back into coverage. Four, uh, only brings four defenders. He plays three men up front normally, brings a fourth defender who will come from anywhere that keeps things spicy. And he has the numbers in the defensive secondary, or I should say in coverage to do that. So I, I love that shit, man. I love uh, all of that. Minnesota Vikings, um, Vikings brought in a good defensive coordinator, Brian Flores. 
it's going to change some things up. I think an issue I have with this West Coast offense is they're going to use three wide receivers. It's a Sean McVay offense with Kevin O'Connell. That's what he runs, but they don't have the personnel for it. Right? So I, I guess the big takeaway here is the tight end, is TJ Hawkinson. I think it's just obvious that Hawkinson's going to be the secondary receiver for this Vikings offense and for Justin Jefferson to take some of the pressure off of him. They use play action a lot. They love that fifth most attempts last year, fifth most passing yards out of play action last year. But the two tight end setups that the Vikings will use are going to be heavily, heavily motioned and then all in one rhythm, play action pass, hitting guys like TJ Hawkinson here. They have Josh Oliver in tow as well. They play a lot of two tight end sets, and I think they will, and Hawkinson will be that secondary guy. All right, I got to move along. Uh, New England Patriots, Bill O'Brien, new offense coordinator, finally have somebody. Like, you got to have somebody. You know, it's um, Mac Jones, I, I think that what we need to know about Bill O'Brien, what we need to know about Mac Jones is that they play together in Alabama. Remember uh, Bill O'Brien, B.O.B., was the offense coordinator in Alabama, Mac Jones's best season there, right? So they are not going to air it out. It's going to be a lot more, I should say, West Coast, I guess. Right. It's they're they're not just going to do that. It's a timing based offense or passing game. Receivers run into a single spot, trying to hit him in toe. Can Mac Jones do it? He did it in college. He's gonna have to do it at the next level here as well. So I think that's important to understand. And uh, we know Bill O'Brien's always very tight end friendly. So look for Hunter Henry and Mike Gasecki. I think Gasecki's an underrated acquisition. They're going to very much use Gusecki as the new Gronkowski. That's what they think of him, right? That is what they think of him. And I think he's going to be a sneaky little sneaky little player. P- fantasy owners are going to be picking up Mike Gusecki. Right now he's buried. Everyone thinks, oh, he's just the John U. Smith. Not in Bill O'Brien's offense, he's not. It's more like the Gronkowski or the gulp Aaron Hernandez. New Orleans Saints... Got to give it to the Saints. No change. Kept Dennis Allen, kept Carmichael. They bring in Joe Woods, who gets a real bad rap to the Cleveland Browns, but Joe Woods could flat out coach defensive backs. That's what he's going to do. Um, What I'll say about this and Derek Carr, I think, it's going to be a big difference having Derek Carr run the offense. You know, I, I I think that this is a situation where we're not going to see the checkdowns. So Kamara, Jamal Williams doesn't catch a ton of passes anyway. He can. Kendra Miller. The running back just isn't as sexy as it was in Sean Payton's offense here. So I'm not going to go after any of them. I'll grab Kamara as my RB3 right now until we're sure on what you know, exactly what the suspension is going to be. Oh, the other takeaway is Taysom Hill. What the fuck is Taysom Hill going to do? He's not going to do dick. He's not going to be a part of this. Uh, He'll probably be on Denver. Fuck that whole thing up. 
No pass catching the running backs for the Saints. New York Giants. Talk about that. Great first season for this group. Great first season for Brian DeBall and Mike Kafka and you know Wink Martindale, their uh, defensive coach, did a hell of a good job as well. Um, I, I think that this it's a West Coast offense, or it's, I, it's a spread offense that runs West Coast principles. So what that means is they the Spacing on the field is is spread, but the routes are very small, very short. They use shotgun a lot, give Daniel Jones an opportunity to get the ball out quickly and to see the field ahead of him. So this offense is all about high percentage. They want ball out quick, high completion percentage, quick, easy routes, just they Brian DeBall is like playing catch in your backyard. He wants that constantly. So that's the methodology here. Paris Campbell fits just amazingly. And, you know, Daniel Jones first year, highest completion percentage, most passing yards, lowest interception rate, highest yards per attempt, highest average net yards per attempt, highest quarterback ranking, most rushing yards and most rushing touchdowns of his career. Not quite Josh Allen, of course, but that he did make a Brian DeBall made a Josh Allen like difference with Daniel Jones. So there you go. New York football Jets. Now, this is a team that it's hilarious because they got the perfect offensive coordinator for their new quarterback. All right. And that is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers ain't going to listen to nothing. That's why Nate Hackett, Nate Hackett sucks. He has no fucking idea what he's doing. I could outcoach Nate Hackett in a minute. He sucks. He's a clipboard holding nothing. Aaron Rodgers is the coordinator of this offense. That's why they got all his familiar people. The biggest key, the biggest takeaway, and the thing to look for out of the Jets, the read and react routes. Remember, Aaron Rodgers will not budge. He will not budge. He wants, if he sees a cover two, but I know this from many years of watching him, if it's cover two, he's going deep. If it's cover two, he's shredding you. Just fucking don't play cover two. Play cover three against him. Why does he have a problem with the 49ers and other teams? Seattle over his career. Why? Because of cover three. And then the Bears constantly, Lovey Smith played cover two all the fucking time. Who knows? So don't play that against him. But if he sees that, he wants the receivers to do a certain thing. Usually it's deep routes, crossings, things like this. They want you to react a certain way. And that's where I'm not excited about Garrett Wilson like the rest of y'all. He's an inexperienced guy who's never run run and react routes. He's going to have a veteran quarterback screaming and hollering at him. Just not quite enough experience. Christian Watson did well last year, but did it for seven games. That's all he did. It wasn't that long. A lot of it was out of desperation times, too, because Dubs got hurt. Cobb got hurt. Lazard was hurt. So I just don't trust it to the level of making Garrett Olson my second-round pick. So 
I'm not going to. Philadelphia Eagles, well, two new coordinators. I think the thing to know about the Eagles, the biggest thing that we could take away, the Eagles play their opponent. Unlike a lot of teams that will die on the vine of adhering to and staying and keeping with their scheme and their system, the Eagles will change everything. They'll run zone when necessary. They'll run power blocking when necessary. They'll run the ball up and down if necessary. They'll throw the ball up and down if necessary. A.J. Brown's the deep guy. Devontae Smith's the possession receiver. Who knew? I had that exactly reversed last year. Something I got wrong, but that's what it is. And none of that shit's going to change. The new offense coordinator, though, is Brian Johnson. Um, if you're interested in Brian Johnson, he was once on the cover of NCAA football, right, at Mississippi State. And then he uh, um, was at Mississippi State, and he played for Jalen Hurts' father. He's known, So Brian Johnson's known Jalen Hurts since he was four years old. So fascinating little thing, again. In the draft guide, fantasyguru.com, coaching breakdowns. Pittsburgh Steelers, what can we get from the Steelers? They kept Matt Canada despite all the, um, I guess, a lot of Steelers fans not wanting to. I think that Glenn Thomas, all right, former Falcons quarterback coach, longtime college football assistant, he's a wide zone blocking guy. And that's going to help. I I think this will ultimately help Najee Harris, right? You're going to help Pat Meyer expanding on the wide zone premise a little bit more. And he's also going to help offense coordinator Matt Canada implement a middle zone passing game. Kenny Pickett had real problems throwing to the middle of the field. And this is something that all offseason Kenny Pickett's been working at and they've been pounding into him. So we'll need to see. That's why I don't trust Fryermuth nearly as much. I don't like the middle of Deontay Johnson as much. I I will take chances on the outside receiver like George Perkins all day over Pickens. Did I call him fucking Perkins again? I think I did. Uh, all freaking day, I'm, I'm going to the outside until Kenny Pickett can show me that he could do it and hit the middle of the field. Can't believe I said Perkins. Jesus Christ, Jeff. That's the old Ted Schuster, Perkins, Pickens. George Pickens, my guy. Uh, I do like Pickens a lot this year. What else do we got? We got the San Francisco 49ers. No offensive coordinator still. Steve Wilkes did a great job final couple weeks in Carolina. He comes in for the to run this defense. Uh, you know, he'll do it in his own particular way. I don't like Anthony Lynn sniffing around too much either. I really don't. That bothers me quite a bit. So um I don't I, I guess that's my biggest takeaway is I think that Kyle Shanahan's getting into Bill Belichick territory. You know, Bobby Slowick last year helped him out a lot. He's gone. They didn't promote from within. I've Chris Forrester gets the run game coordinator tag. Clint Kubiak is there, but only as a pass game specialist. Clint Kubiak is yeah, Gary Kubiak's, uh, by the way, Clay Kubiak's also assistant quarterback coach. So well represented there. The Kubiak Shanahan connection still alive and well in San Francisco. And I, I think that kind of nepotism is really hurting the 49ers. Uh, it really does. And also the other thing, if I guess if I have one more standout, Trey Lance is done. 
schematically, they don't fit. Nothing that they've done this offseason speaks at all to Trey Lance ever seeing the field in San Francisco again. Could be cut, released. It's just not something that's going to happen. They're not going to do it because I think it's clear that they want Purdy to be open up as the QB1A with Sam Darnold the 1B, and if Purdy's not ready to go, I think they're comfortable with Sam Darnold. I really do. Seattle Seahawks. Um, a lot of Seahawks, a lot of people impressed with what the Seahawks did last year. They kept Shane Waldron and Clint Hurt, their offensive defense coordinator, but they lost a lot of other assistants on this team. Guys like Sean Desai, um, Dave Canellas that went to other places and are now running offenses across the National Football League. So, you know, Bowie for, or good for them. Uh, I, I guess the thing to know here if there you have to limit me to one thing is zone blocking team and expanding on the wide zone. And I think that it was good for Kenneth Walker last year at 4.6 yards per carry. Right. But Zach Charbonnet fits really good cutback runner, more wide zone kind of fits Charbonnet. It doesn't, not fit Walker, but it just seems more conducive to Charbonnet second round pick. That was a curious selection there as well. So I, I kind of wonder about that too. You know, I, I think the Charbonnet might be a little more, a lot more involved than what we would have thought. You know, I think that the other thing with the passing game, Seahawks only attempted 11.2% deep passes, 24th in NFL. It really killed DK Metcalf. Metcalf, so here's here's something. The Metcalf averaged 11.6 yards per reception. I was 63rd in the National Football League. The motherfucker had 1,050 yards, though. Not, 90 catches. If he would have got a half a yard under his career average on the same amount of targets and receptions, it would have been 1,400 receiving yards. and a wide, It would have changed him from being the wide receiver 16 to the wide receiver 8. Geno Smith was impressive, but he's that you're not going to win anything significant with that level of dink and dunk. You're just not going to. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dave Canellas. Oh, there you go. Um, good old Davey C for Tampa Bay. I think that this is one of those other situations where I, I don't really get it. Quarterback coach did well with Geno Smith last year. Why he's going to Tampa Bay, I don't really know. Doesn't seem like a real czar of the offense. And yet, they're really this just because Brady retired doesn't mean this offense is bad now. Here's something from it um, QB rollouts and bootlegs. They're going to, they're moving the pocket a lot. And they have to because this offense line sucks. The offensive line that you remember and I remember with Donovan Smith and Shaq Mason and Tristan Wirfs and that that whole offensive line is gone, right? It, it just does not exist anymore. Everybody's gone. Wirfs is moving to the left side. They draft Cody Mock, who has great hair, huge, looks like Carrot Top on steroids. 
right? Ryan Jensen in the middle. Matt Filer has been good interior lineman for a number of years. Adequate fill-ins, no doubt, but it's just not the same. But they're going to roll quarterbacks out quite a bit. Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, whoever wins that job. It's going to be a lot of rollouts for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's a lot shorter passing game than what we've seen. This is offense that Tom Brady probably should have been running the last couple of years. I know his numbers were good, but they had a lot of deep balls. They're not going to go deep, which hurts Mike Evans. I still like Mike. I think everyone's just underselling him, but this is a, this is one of the few situations where the scheme and the system doesn't fit the player. But me personally, I'm still in because the cost is just so low. Definitely more conducive to Chris Godwin. Um, all right, is that it? No, I got the oh Tennessee Titans. Oh, garbage pass. Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly was Deshaun Watson's best friend. If you remember a video years ago, Deshaun Watson had a bad game. And during right after the post-game conference, they were showing Deshaun Watson was back on the field throwing passes. The guy he was throwing passes to was Tim Kelly. Tennessee brought him over to try to recruit him, to try to recruit Deshaun Watson to Tennessee a year ago. And again, if an offensive-minded guy hangs out, Tim Kelly was – he was um, it, he was overseeing red zone tendencies in the red zone offense last year. That was his big thing. And Tennessee was terrible at offense in every capacity, but they were number three in the league in red zone efficiency. And next thing you know, Tim Kelly's the offense coordinator. So a lot of gadget plays. Bubble screens, wide flat passes, jet sweeps, a lot of it is coming to Tennessee this year. Heavy doses screens, a lot wildcat formations. We've seen Derrick Henry run that before. They're also going to throw the ball deep quite a bit. Guy like Kyle Phillips, Racy McMath, one of the best names in football. They're going to get their deep shots. I'm not drafting them. I'm not drafting anything. I'll draft Henry if it's a deal. Chigo Conquo, maybe. That's it. Traylon Burks, I love. One of my favorite receivers, young receivers, but it's just, I'm not drafting him in this offense. No fucking way. No fucking way. Washington Commanders. Eric Bieniemy is here. I suppose I should talk about the offense, but I really want to talk about the defense. Um, heavy use of the running back. Mix of power and zone run plays. They're going to interchange both guys. They're going to throw, use Antonio Gibson a lot as a receiver. Curtis Samuel, all the gadgetry that he had before, that's going to be gone. Samuel's still going to be used. He's still be on the field, but he's going to play a traditional third receiver role where with Scott Turner, right, he was the Debo Samuel of this offense. That's not, not saying he won't have some of that because Andy Reid still did it. And Eric Bieniemy still did it in Kansas City, but it's not going to be like it was before. So if you think you're drafting Curtis Samuel to be sneaky, you are not. The other thing I have to talk about is the defense. Um, one of the most impressive coaching changes I saw or scheme changes in season last year was with the Washington Commanders. Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, I give them credit, man. They did a thing called simulated pressures. Simulated pressures are when the defense shows that it's bringing the pressure like a blitz. But then they do it but with different personnel. So they they use four down linemen. Normally it's a four, three setup. What they were doing last year is using their defensive ends by, by the way, he learned this from the four, six defense. 
Buddy Ryan, Chicago Bears, 1985. They would move their defensive ends, and in this case, they called edge rushers now. The edge rushers would break out into coverage. They would cover receivers. They would cover the low zones, right? And then other players, linebackers, defensive backs, would come in to be the other two blitzers, to plug up those gaps and to try to get to the quarterback. It would it greatly confuse people. And the other thing they were able to do is show cover three on the regular. This is where I was attacking Washington's defense secondary early in the season, and it was working in DFS. And then all of a sudden, I got fucked over a couple of times because they kept stopping. What they do is show cover three, have three deep players. But then those two of them would break off, move in, and it was really cover one and cover one zone. And sometimes they would throw a man and do shadow coverage when nobody recognized it, right? This kind of changing really confuses an offense. It makes everything harder. It make We talked about with other teams, the read and react routes and the receivers, the quarterback having to read and make his progressions. This is hell of a good scheme. And this is something that worked. Washington has tried everything in the world to try to get their secondary better and just haven't been able to do it. And they've had such a talent, seven defensive players, number one draft picks. And none of them are bad. It's not like they're missing. They're not, they don't have Solomon Thomas on the team. Montez Sweat and Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, Fedarian Mathis and Chase Young and Jim N. Davis. Go get Cody Barton for the middle. They lost Cole Holcomb. Sucks. Emmanuel Forbes, Jatavius Martin, now two new corners that also fit this match zone scheme. It's a job well done. Real well done. Washington, Washington can be sneaky. The only problem with them is Sam Howell. We don't know what Sam Howell is. If this team had Carson Wentz again, I guarantee a lot of people would be higher on them. But they probably shouldn't be. Probably should be higher with Sam Howell than we really are. So there you go. One tidbit forever. How long did I go? Is it an hour and a half yet? Yeah, we're almost an hour and a half. But, well, folks, I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoy talking ball. I hope that I gave you some new stuff. I tried to be new on some of these. Um, It's exciting for me. It's a lot of work. This is my life's work. And I've spent a lot of time and hard work on it. Hopefully you appreciate it. Hopefully you enjoy the show. Hopefully you enjoy the product over at fantasyguru.com. Get over there. You could download, you could read all these write-ups. There's a ton of fantasy, DFS, betting, tidbits in there, stuff that you can use, charts and graphs and info and volume and scheme and everything else, matchups. And by the way, this is stuff you can use forever. There's a cheat sheet. Press your buddies. What did the Giants run? Why is Saquon Barkley didn't do as well? Well, you know, on outside zone runs, he did this. On inside zone, he didn't do that. So they need to do more of that. More on the inside, less on the outside. Huh? Boom. Press your friends. The cheat sheet. It's right there. You can print it out. One, one-stop shop to know every scheme. Offensive backbone, the blocking, defensive front, base coverages, coaches, all on one page. It, all of this is exclusive to fantasyguru.com. It is nowhere else in the world. You cannot Google it. You cannot find it on Amazon or anywhere else because I created it. And nobody else would go through all this hard work to do. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Please go to fantasyguru.com. 
Get the elite seasonal package or better. That way you could attend fantasy football training camp coming up August 18th. Again, exclusive fantasyguru.com radio 20. If you want a 20% off discount code, elite data, new podcast. We've got new shows, new services, products that we are doing. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Thank you guys. One and all for downloading. Thank you for listening and logging in. I really appreciate each and every one of you doing that. And I really want um, you to win your leagues and to dominate this entire season. Get it over there at fantasyguru.com. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, all one word, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Episode 164 coaching breakdowns in the bag thank you all for downloading tuning in tell a friend spread the word love each and every one of you you may disagree with some or everything that you heard on today's show it's perfectly all right by me why this is just me this is one man's opinion you could have your own this one was mine thanks everybody see you next time Deuces.